Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Open your hearts and loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situationships and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's up, 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 everyone and welcome to couples therapy my name is naomi my name is andy and we're a real life couple a real life couple of comedians and on couples therapy we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners honey less than two weeks to the wedding i'm gonna tell you that right now okay? <laughs> we are coming at you bereft we coming at you bereft we coming in hot is your girl's wedding dress ready no it ain't no it ain't i'm gonna tell you something i'm gonna give you a fun fact okay to go forth in your life when the person tailoring your wedding dress says at your final fitting i'm never doing tailoring again it's too much work and it's not even worth it (laughs) you know what you may have gotten a bad tailor i'm gonna tell you that right now you know what if you join the page i may put out her full government name yeah okay i'll put it out behind the paywall because i'm livid we will we will definitely talk about this in an upcoming patreon episode but i'm saying this gives you that little tidbit that gives you a sense of where we at and what we up to but we (laughs) in the final days we in the final days people want to play us left and right yeah you know what and i'm just feeling real like i mean what was it was it growing pains what was the one was like as long as we've got each Each other other. 
we I'm got the bad. world winning right in our hands, baby, you and me. I didn't intend for us to keep singing it. Oh, you want to do the entire thing? <laughs> just the idea off of, that. Off of the memory of seeing Growing Pains 20 years ago and see if I can remember all the lyrics. And that was definitely not right what I just sang. Just the idea that we got each other. Because that's all we got right now. Uh-huh. Everybody else working we got, a damn nerve. We got each other and Alan Thicke's beautiful music, too. Yes, he wrote that theme song, Naomi. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it is. We're in this period of the wedding where we are at um, spending fatigue, where this is the thing that I I have only figured out. And I think I said this last time where or maybe I just said it in the apartment, but I'm like, call Lacey, get us on an episode of Scam Goddess, because this whole thing is a scam. The minute that people know, know, we're not we're not blowing the whistle. Everyone says the wedding industrial complex, the scam. But I didn't realize just like to the extent that it is really like they see us as marks. Uh huh. Uh huh. And they're just like, yeah, no one is on our side. No one is on our side. Yeah, No one is on our side. Absolutely not. And I think the like I just hit a wall where like we might have because the weather is now unpredictable in Los Angeles, we might have to get a little tenting. And to do that would mean that the venue would have to take these like string of lights down. Yeah, they have string lights across the top for a cute little ambiance moment. Which is like I don't They're know. Fine. Ten They're fine. They're not special. Of, They're no. not made of crystals. But but my <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is it's just ten minutes of work. And they're going to charge us to do that. And I'm like, we're already renting your venue. Now you're going to charge us to just make it look a little different. And that's where I like lost my mind. And now I'm in this space where like everything angers me. It's about- so funny because it's like I, Andy's in there about string lights. I lost my mind about six months ago when it was like, I'm sorry. You're telling me that I need to pay you an extra fee just to bring me the item that I'm purchasing from you, the direct proprietor of Ooh, the business. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you knew like. Again, this is not, I'm talking, we're not a Postmates situation. It's like, you are someone who caters, meaning you make food and bring it to places. And you telling me, I got to pay you extra. Or my favorite, I'll tell you this, the florist. She was like, I will give you a sample. I will make you a sample centerpiece to see what, we're, what I'm thinking for $400. I said, excuse me, I'm paying you to make centerpieces and you about to charge me $400 for a sample centerpiece. And everyone's like, well, it's not wholesale. It's individual. I said, what in bitch open up Photoshop. Okay. Give me a mock-up, draw some plants, put it together, take some magazine clippings. Okay. You can show me what something looks like without having to buy individual blooms. And also if you don't run a high enough volume business where you can't buy a bunch of flowers and then use some for one thing and the rest for next, I don't know if I should be messing with you. But Naomi, there's an $800 Photoshop fee. So (laughs) exactly. so doing the the sample bouquet or whatever it is is actually a value add, right? Exactly. So that's when I that's when I was over. When I go, no, I'm not paying you for that. We just gonna roll the dice because you out your mind. It's like I got a sixty dollar like, clicking fee. If you want me to click on the Photoshop icon on my desktop, that's a sixty dollar fee. Yeah. So we were done. We it's were the nickel and diming of it all. We were done and we were out. I was I was just livid and so. Hello, everybody. <laughs> we, love, we love y'all. We recording the day before the episode drops, so you know when we hitting it tight like this, we on a journey. Uh, Naomi, there's a couple things I would like to, not not wedding anger, but uh, other things. That other are, anger? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Because I could just do other anger. <laughs> but okay, we can pivot. We can pivot. That is, yeah, Naomi, uh, Fifty Shades of Anger should be your- Fifty Shades of Rage. Andy, it was right there. I, look, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the edge. Okay. 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 I missed okay. the pun. Okay. I'm sorry, baby. I'll, I'll, I love you. <laughs> as long as we got each other. I'll, I'll scourge myself with a cat o' nine tails later while reading the Bible. <laughs> you know, we, we keep asking people 
even though the contest is over, please give us your five-star reviews and your worst date because they are very fun. I love just perusing them, and I want to re- keep reading them. Absolutely, here in the absolutely. Intro. We have to share it. You know, I say when you go through darkness, you must you must mm. share. You have to share your experience, strength, and hope with others. Mm. And this is what people are doing when they post these people. This one's entitled "I was I was someone's worst date." Wow. Okay, <laughs> brave. Admire your honesty. And uh, well, they don't give their real name, so well, sure, you know. All right. They they are they are free. <laughs> <laughs> their anonymity has set them free. I met a guy on Tinder. The third date, he asked me to his house. He made me play checker. <laughs> he invited okay. He invited this the the person to their house, and then he made me play checkers. That okay. Uh, that the the person the other person seems like they are the bad date that has sparked what will happen next. He made me play checkers, and I was bored, so I took out a baggie of coke. <laughs> And did it on his gr- <laughs> did it on his gammy's antique coffee table. Wow. Parenthesis. I did not know it was an heirloom until after it was too late. End parenthesis. <laughs> I then got on his bike and rode around his neighborhood at two in the morning. I came back in and got into bed with him, where I asked to see his colostomy bag. Okay. In my defense, I'd just been dumped from a five-year relationship and probably had no business dating. Wow. Wow, you you did a lot there. You did a lot there, Andy. I'm sorry. I actually am not going to blame someone who wanted to play checkers for what happened next. Because first of all, it is the having to bag of coke on your person anyway, right? Sure. You you were already kind of ready to pop off, right? right? Like, and that's the difference. You were waiting. They, they were waiting for an excuse. Exactly. They're like checkers. Oh, this sucks. Uh, they're like anything. They come to play like like actually like having a sword fight in the backyard, and they're like, yeah, I just really need some coke. I need a bump. And then you know. I mean, you, you, you didn't know it was an heirloom. I can't blame you for that. Also, like, I don't really understand the whole thing of, like, an heirloom table where I'm like, so what are you allowed to do on it and not do on it? Like, yeah, is well, cocaine coke, bad for the heirloom? Never... So that part I'm not into. You know, but you left and rode around the streets on their bike <laughs> and then came back. And then said, show me your colossi bag. You know what? I hope that this was a bottom for you. Mm. This, this got you into therapy or it had you look at Jesus because I am shook. I'm proud of you, though, because you said, I know I'm trash or was trash in this moment, not perpetual trash. Does Coke but damage you know. stuff? Like, I know that water, if you put like a, a wet glass on an heirloom, right. you know, you could get water stains. Can you get Coke stains? Maybe. Like, maybe the dust gets in the grooves. We don't know. Andy. Hey, Coke heads out there. Let us know. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm sure, I was going to say, don't even tell them. Trust me. Someone will come in with some details because I believe we have listeners with a cross section of have done Coke and also very into antiques. I think we have listeners that are that Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. So, Naomi, we got an update. Okay, I love it. Okay. Tell uh, it to me, sis. I'd love you to read this one. Okay. Because I want to hear it in your dulcet tones. Ooh, thank you so much. Hi, Andy and Naomi. You played my call a couple weeks ago in the episode with Annalie Ashford. I'm the person whose stepmom is making them extremely stressed out about their wedding. First of all, what a treat to hear your advice. Second, an update. My boo and I decided to postpone our wedding, perhaps indefinitely. Now we're just going to do the courthouse thing, and I couldn't be happier. Thank you both so much for your kind, thoughtful, and empathetic advice. P.S. Just listening to the episode with Parvesh China, and he is right about Meals by Gannett. It is so good. The tofu tibs turn the party. (laughs) Now, I hope that wasn't ribs with a typo. I want them to be called tofu tibs. But also, let's just go back. You know we going through it right now. And you got the nerve to come tell me you said we going to the courthouse. 
Good for you. You made the right choice and we are fools over here. Well, no, this is the thing. We planned this back in 2013. Our parents, look, do just you could also just do what we did, which is wait 10 years. No, that because, doesn't help. Because doesn't help. the parents uh, were so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Difficult, let's just say. Yeah, and this didn't help. So you're doing <laughs> the right thing, okay? I'm proud of you. I'm so happy for you. I'm jealous, but you're correct. You're correct. You did what was right for your sanity. For your future family. And I'm proud of you, girl. Look, if we had known this would be uh, so... We thought we were walking into a process, Naomi. We're we're adults. We are (laughs) in therapy. You know, we're handling our shit. We're Mm -hmm. we're dealing with stuff. We have the skills and the coping mechanisms at this point. And still, it is as if Freddy Krueger and Jason (laughs) were teaming up. Yeah. They've got teaming up. They got Pinhead. They got That would explain all of my stress dreams. They got all the xenomorphs. This is and they're Freddy all just, in my dreams. Yeah. He's gotten inside my head because I is, wake up anxious. It's an IP nightmare attacking us. Mm. We've been in Hollywood too long. Mm. An IP nightmare, but quite honestly, it's the truth. It's oh the truth. no, no, I just meant, you know, IP freely, the character. The okay. Crank phone calls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Naomi, I want to play a comment. Do you remember in Parvash's episode that uh, there was someone calling in about dealing with uh, conservative, let's just say, relatives? There's more. <laughs> there was more to it than that. You should go back and listen to the episode if you haven't. But uh, as a joke, I suggested, why don't you get someone, a cameo from someone at Yellowstone to explain things to them? Yep. And uh, this caller called in uh, with a comment that says, uh, that might not work. Hi, Andy. Hi, Nicole. Naomi, sorry, my brain it went blank there because I'm so excited. It's my first time calling, a long-time listener. But I'm calling because I'm listening to the most recent episode where Andy makes the recommendation to have a character from Yellowstone give a cameo of affirmative action. And while in theory I agree with that, I actually did my master's thesis on this exact topic, but it was Arnold Schwarzenegger being a spokesperson for why climate change is happening. And what happened is that he became a traitor to the Republican Party. The people turned on him and worked in the opposite direction. So, in fact, I was being hesitant about the Yellowstone connection and just uh, encourage you to, to look up some of this research. It's really quite fascinating how they turn on people that become uh, spokespeople and also uh, the way that messaging and the person who's the messenger doesn't always work the same way for the Republican and GOP party. It's only gotten worse. So, thank you. I hope you have a great day. Talk to you soon. I don't know why I talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. So, you know what? Maybe the answer is you get a deep fake of, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Okay, okay, in her all-white outfit. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. To, you say, like, a spouse, like, you know, like, talk about how great Marx's capital is and how the uh, the proletariat has to band together to own the means of production and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we will turn their... <laughs> we will turn the heads of their movement into enemies. So maybe w- there is a different way to learn for this. And then some deep fake. Yes, you have to deep. Yeah, deep you have fake. To do deep fakes. Okay, this honestly could work. <laughs> we live in a world where this probably could work. Just do a bunch of deep fakes because it's already about a lack of um, reading comprehension or analytical skills. Sure, the deep fakes will at the very least muddy the waters, mm-hmm. right? And that's all you really need to do is just make it such that it's like, well, she could have maybe said it for some money or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. And I say, why not? Honestly, Andy, this is a good call. Yeah. Also, love you, caller, who's 
I like that this was just someone who's like, I did a thesis and this is actually not going to work. And it's like, oh, our listeners are like, it's like, we, I know you're smart. You're all good kids. Everyone is the smartest kid. Also appreciating, um, talk to you soon at the end. Because, yeah, talk to you soon. Mm. Yeah. Deep fake Alex Jones discussing David Harvey's mm-hmm. analysis of the Grundrisse. Right, something like that. right, right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You just got to get the redness in his face accurate. People will believe. Sure. Yeah, People yeah. will believe. It doesn't take much. Yeah. yeah. Now, Andy, mm-hmm. we have been popping off. You and I are both <laughs> tired, much, tired much. and angry. But you know what, though? Today's episode. Oh, my God. It's joy. Yeah. It's is- love. It's beauty. Folks, I'm going to say this. We have six or seven episodes coming at you that are just the most fun. I mean, so far, I would say even even the ones before this one, too. But, you know, the I think we were really saying to start off 2023, we said all bangers, no mm-hmm. mash. Mm-hmm. That's what we said. We said top of the pops, the people who are the best. Some people we didn't even know until we sat down to talk to them. And they were magical. Mm-hmm. And today's guest is one of those mm-hmm. magical people. Because you've already heard her dulcet tones. And when I say dulcet, I mean dulcet. I am talking about actress and singer extraordinaire Amber Riley. Now, you may first know Amber from Glee, but also, did you know she was the winner of Dancing with the Stars? She recently won the Masked Singer, okay? She is out here acting every which way. And yes, I'm going to take a quick moment of talking about Amber to cross-promo my other podcast, (laughs) I Love a Lifetime Movie, because last year, Amber starred in one of my favorite Lifetime movies that we did discuss on the pod called Single Black Female, and she does play the villain, and she is so good. And for someone who is so sweet and kind, I was like, you are so good at being dark, so... I'm telling you, Amber can do it all. And then she came here and she gave us the best. So you know what? You know what, Andy? Just say it. Stop playing games and say it. Roll it. Amber Riley is joining us, you guys. This is a big day for everyone, okay? So write this down in your diaries. When you listen to it, say, today I was changed. (laughs) We've met once before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, now, Amber, do you know what's about to happen here, okay? Because we're going to ask you about love and life, and then we're going to help people, okay? Because they call in. They need us. They need you. (laughs) I'll try my best. No, you be helping people. Y'all, I follow Amber on Instagram. First of all, Amber's teaching me how to dress. She's teaching me how to make salads. She's teaching me how to exercise. Everybody said that the salad that I made, they were like, Amber, that looks absolutely disgusting. But I promise, it is like the best chicken salad ever it's so good (laughs) now the salad did have pears in it and i was thrown (laughs) i love pears in a salad what are you talking about it's so good the more fruit the better for me because then it hides all the vegetables and i know that i'm 36 and i shouldn't still be trying to avoid the taste of vegetables but i am and this is this is this is where i am this is Mm. who i am okay Mm. I understand. But also the fact that you're out here. Well, because to be fair, though, it was very grown up because you just own so many fruits and vegetables already. So even (laughs) I say at 36, the fact that you have all of them in the house prepared to add to a bowl, that's already very adult. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take the compliment. Yeah, I am an adult sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get that. We have a lot of fruits and vegetables, but it's just when it's like six o'clock at night. And we we're looking at each other and we're like, do we have the energy to cut these vegetables <laughs> and then cook them and saute them and throw chipotle <laughs> spices on right, them? Right. Try to make that. something of them. Right. That's the question. Because we have vegetables. We're not we're uh look, uh, we're doing okay, okay? We have vegetable <laughs> money. All right. We got fruit money. 
All right, we're not. We're... Now we have fruit money. That's hilarious. <laughs> somebody told me, somebody was like, you have produce in your house? They were like, oh, you got money. <laughs> yeah, in America 2023, yes. I know. Is... It is very dystopian, but that is real. Because you even said you were like, I almost didn't put these eggs in because eggs are pricey. <laughs> I took those eggs out of my cart three times. I swear to you. I was like, do I really need eggs? <laughs> I put a chicken in them. I have protein, so I need the eggs. Yeah, we got eggs, and I said to Naomi, "You ha- are you sure? Are you going to?" They- she hasn't touched one of them, not one. They've they've been sitting there for a week. We have what another two weeks, Naomi? You better, you better make a frittata. I want to, s- <laughs> I want to see a frittata tomorrow. All right, all right, I understand. He's making a frittata. She's making a frittata, y'all. I got to do something because it's true. It is the difference between, because like really I could have done the half dozen and then I made a choice to get the full, you know what I mean? Even though I was like, I should have maybe done half, but don't worry, I will use them. I will use them. Mm. I stopped buying eggs. Only my mom eats them. I don't, I don't. (laughs) Hey, yeah, you remember cheaper by the dozen? Not anymore. Let's wow. see that film be made today. <laughs> wow, that's that's relevant, Andy. That's yeah. pop culture. Yeah, what people say, oh, could this film be made today? Not cheaper by the dozen. No. Because it ain't. Yeah, now we'd be a nonsense. <laughs> Andy, yeah, sorry, Amber, Amber didn't come here to we talk like... about eggs. She came here to get grilled about life and love. Now, Amber, yeah. now tell us, okay, what is your what is your romance style? Ooh. Are you someone who Hard hitting has right a lot of crushes? Are you someone <laughs> who's like these hoes ain't shit? Are you, you know what I mean? Like, what's your approach to dating? Okay, like, it's so hard because I'm an Aquarius, okay? And I'm a a February Aquarius. So, like, we're not very known to wear our hearts on our sleeves. But when I get very comfortable, like, in a relationship, because I can be the relationship girl, I'm super, like, I want to be under you. Like I'm learning that I I actually really do like quality time and like cuddling. And my boyfriend is very much so that like I say that he's the um, he's a golden retriever and I'm like a Rottweiler. Like that is the dynamic of our relationship. Like he just wants to play. And I was like, ah, (laughs) but I think in dating, I very much so I'm like hard ass in dating. Like, prove it to me you gotta prove it like if you don't you don't prove it because i'm so okay with being by myself yeah 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 i get that i get that so really so you but here's the thing when you when you say i'm so okay being by myself again we know this okay we know about the salads we know about the outfits like obviously you know how to take care of yourself but was that Mm -hmm. always the case or is this like i'm in my 30s i'm comfortable yeah take us back to la mirada (laughs) i think (laughs) No, def- so definitely not when I was younger. You know, like, we're taught, like, as women, we are taught that, like, if you don't have a man or if you're not in a relationship, like, your life is just not fulfilled. You can't possibly be happy being single. So, of course, I've adopted that because I've been hearing it since I was younger. Like, even, you know, all the things that I was doing on television, I'm like, grandmother, I met the president. I met Oprah. I was on the Oprah Winfrey show. And my grandma was like, getting married? With love, like, like, you know, who you dating? Like, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, because that to them is like, that is what a woman's, like, getting married and having children is like, the t- should be at the top of your list. That should be your priority. And then I grew up Christian on top of that. So leading on top of that religion, sitting on top of 
all of these like patriarchal ideas of what a woman is supposed to be and what our lives are supposed to be and what marriage, you know, marriage is the most important and being a mother is the most important. Like, I'm like, gosh, I'm falling behind because I was so, you know, career focused, but also depressed because I didn't amount to anything unless I had a man. And then I started getting the men's and I was just like, I don't really get what all this fuss is about. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. What a, yeah, that's a mind fuck. Uh, can I, because I, I grew up, whatever my brain was, it like resisted these kind of cultural things that were implanted in a lot of other people's heads. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, you're supposed to find someone who's your equal and, or better in my case. Anyway. Okay. I know that's right. <laughs> but uh well in some cases. And it's um, Okay, you don't have to you don't have to adjust it. Just stick with the first uh, line, Andy. Let me stick qualify with the first this. line, okay? <laughs> don't put yourself don't dig a hole for yourself. But it's it's just so interesting to to see that like this these other kinds of thi- where like if I had been a little less like in my own head, maybe they would have seeped into my brain and I would have been like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a guy. I'm supposed to like uh, beach volleyball and chicks. Beach volleyball, 1980s. You're a guy in the 1980s. Beach volleyball. <laughs> Top Gun. Where did you, know. you grow up? <laughs> I grew up in that beach volleyball scene from Top Gun. There was also a Nintendo game at the time. That was, uh-huh. you, know, and, you know, they were all like muscle bound dudes. But but men don't get the same pressure. It's, I mean, it's true. I think, again, especially, you know, you and I are close in age, Amber. So it's like, especially like, you know, I think now there's a little more freedom. But certainly 80s, 90s, it was it was that was it. Right. It was it was like, what are you doing to secure a man? I remember being in church when I was seventh grade, eighth grade. And the pastor, he made a joke. And he goes. Every woman in here know they want a BMW. And I was like, and then he takes a beat. He goes, black man working. And it, I was like. I've actually heard that. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, on the pulpit. I was like, I thought this is. I was like, you is there a joke book like pastors have? Like, <laughs> you know, like the pun book in The Last of Us or something? It has to be. Can I tell you when I knew that, when I knew that like the church had me really fucked up? I was in, I think I was in the ninth grade and uh, the way that our church was like, you had like uh, seven to uh, seniors, like in one kind of class. We were in this big gym, gymnasium. And I remember our pastor at the time, our youth pastor at the time was like, all the men stand up in the room. Mind you, we're talking about like prepubescent in greats like <laughs> I need all the men to stand up in the room so like all the guys stand up and all the girls are sitting down they're like uh, girls look around these are your kings yes oh no these are gonna be and I remember like most of these boys don't wear deodorant I I can't <laughs> For the life of me, they are your protectors. They are the ones that you're going to marry. And like, it was this, he went through this whole like diatribe about men and how we need to respect them and all of that. And then had them sit down and was like, don't just sit there, you know, give them a hand clap. These are our men. We need to respect them. Blah, blah, blah. Went on with his sermon. Said nothing about 
men respecting women. There was no like yin to the yang. It was just like, this is your responsibility to respect these men and to love them and see them as your kings. And that is it. And Mm. I was like, it's some bullshit. (laughs) Absolutely. Because especially because you're like, look around. These are your kings. It's like, okay, I saw him digging in his nose like two seconds ago. He is not my king. That is not. Well, you know, throughout history, there have been a lot of child kings. So... (laughs) Oh, so that's what they meant, like yeah. in the Game of Thrones? Yeah. Joffrey, the yeah. child? I was about to say, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. I literally was going to give that. <laughs> but that's bordering kind of like on Hotepi stuff, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a little Just a bit. Touch. Just a touch. Just a tad, like, oh, this is, oh, this is painful. But as I got older, you know, all of those things, you know, you start to, you have to unlearn and kind of like reverse that type of thinking. And I think that's when I got comfortable with like, not necessarily saying that I never wanted to be in a relationship, but I started getting comfortable with the idea of like, if I don't really find, you know, what it is that I want and what it is that I need, I, I'm probably going to be by myself and I have to learn to be okay with that. What did that unlearning look like though? Because as you said too, like, right, you're working from a young age and you're finding success early. And with that comes too, like that independence, right? That comes from being able to take, pay your own bills at the very least, right? Yeah. Um, so sort of because you were working early and out there, it's like, was that part of what gave you that confidence? Was it a therapy situation? Was it, you know what I mean? Like, was it, was it an older black woman sitting you down? Was it just being meeting Oprah? You know what I mean? To just she touched you and she changed your mind. Like what was it? Not meeting Oprah. Honestly, Oprah is a vibe though. Like she said, I'm gonna get this man, but I'm gonna put a house in the back. So when I don't wanna see you, I ain't gotta see you, but you're gonna be comfortable. <laughs> but you're not gonna be here. <laughs> like you're not gonna be here in my face, in my business. <laughs> oh, such a vibe. A queen. Anyway. Um, I feel like, uh, therapy as I got older, for sure, because this is definitely a a new revelation, like in the past, I've been in therapy for like five years. So this is like a new revelation of like entering into my thirties and like realizing like, yeah, that whole married by 23, baby by 24 thing, uh, didn't really work out. (laughs) What's so, what's really tea? (laughs) And I really think um, having all that heartache and all that pain of of feeling alone and lonely and being, it's like, it's, it's twofold. It's like, you're shamed if you're in a, you know, in a relationship that, that doesn't work, but you're also shamed if you're single. And then you're also ashamed, you're shamed if you're sad and single, you know, then you're desperate. You know what I'm saying? So you either old maid or you're desperate. Like It's, it's like, you know, um, so I, I I think having all that heartache and and wanting that relationship kind of put me in therapy because the loneliness was a lot for me. And on top of just being an actress or a public figure, it is kind of isolating. The dating pool is a little bit smaller um, unless you want to date in the cesspool. And that is where everyone dates everyone. And I'm definitely not doing that. So through therapy, I think I started having to reevaluate why I wanted to be in a relationship and what that, what a relationship even meant to me, because in my, what I'm taught is just, I'm just supposed to be one, but I'm not taught like how that's supposed to benefit me 
or what it is that I'm bringing to another person. So uh, once I started getting that and and then it really and it honestly started becoming what is the relationship that you have with yourself? Because that also depends on what it is that you're attracting and what it is that you would tolerate. So therapy was just, oh, thank God (laughs) for therapy. Yes. What was the quality of your relationships pre these kind of therapeutic epiphanies versus after? Like, what are, are, do you have good relationships even in this pre-therapy phase or right like before the golden retriever where they're just like sick chihuahuas (laughs) (laughs) i think uh, well i know for sure before in the beginning i dated a lot of users um because i found this out in therapy too i have a tendency to take a caregiver role in my relationships whether people ask me or not and it's something that i'm really really working on because i tend to overextend a, a lot to show that I care. Um, so I would find these sick puppies on the side of the road <laughs> and put them in my car. And they would come to my home and piss and shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be shocked and surprised. <laughs> oh. So yeah, so then I started understanding like, oh, okay, you are attracting the way that you feel on the inside. So let's start like, let's take a break. And then I was actually engaged last year. Um, I broke up my engagement last year. I got engaged in 2020. We broke it off in 2021 and then officially broke up, broke up in 2022. So like, wow, that was a interesting three years for me. Um, but I learned a lot in that, in that relationship and having that level of commitment to, to someone, um, that I'm now taking instead of the, you know, we all take a little bit of baggage, but instead of just taking the baggage, I'm also taking the lessons and seeing some of the things that I did in that past relationship. And I'm, I'm self-correcting in, in this relationship because I'm finally in a really healthy one. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Oh my God. Honey, I just, I love to hear stories of being rebuilt, doing things that are hard because I will say ending an engagement seems so scary to me, Mm -hmm. right? Like the process of that, because you know, you get all that attention. Everyone knows about it. Everyone, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and to, and to step away when it had, you know, when it has that attention, you had a decade, you had a decade, Naomi. (laughs) We're just we're getting married in like three weeks. You had yeah. you had ten years. Yes, I will be DMing you, Amber, because I need to figure out what I'm doing with my hair for the day. Okay, so we got to figure out something by March 11th, and I just I, and I have been I asking you. people, so I, we got to talk about it. So that'll be a separate message. <laughs> yeah, but, anyway, but but I'm like you know it's funny because like for instance you know Andy and I've been together now it's gonna be 13 years, so it's a long time. But I remember for me moving in together was scariest. Mm-hmm. And then the engagement was scariest because those felt like those big things that people know about that signify like a change in the relationship. And also like they make you quote unquote more adult or whatever. Yeah. If it's like, we're doing this thing that I just remember being like, oh, okay, okay. I hope I don't fuck it up now. I hope I don't, like, that felt mm-hmm. realer to me for some reason. That's why I say that. I'm like, I just think that those are the things where you're, you feel a little more, judged maybe especially when it's public you know what i'm saying and people know and then your family knows and then like stuff started for me it was just like when stuff started going wrong i was just like 
I, I wanted to retreat. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is what I was used to in previous relationships. Like, I felt like every relationship that I entered into, I entered in knowing that it wasn't gonna last. Huh? Really? It was like a. I, I was explaining this to my friend, and I was like, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but it's almost like that thing of like being being brave in impossible situations. Like, I'm gonna ask Beyonce out on a date. I know she's gonna say no. <laughs> but then I can't get hurt because I know she's already going to say no. So it's like, it's almost, it's almost like that. Like, I know this relationship isn't really going to work, but I already know that from the beginning. So like, let me just take this ride and enjoy it <laughs> while it happens. And then when it, then when we break up, it's so toxic. I know this is toxic. Don't, <laughs> I know that this is extremely toxic and it sounds insane. I get it. But I had to realize that that's what I was doing. I didn't know I was doing it. Yes. But wait, were you going in with that thought consciously? Like, this is not going to work, but let's just do it anyway. I think on a, I don't, I don't know if it was conscious or if it was a subconscious thing or if like I normalized that kind of feeling like, oh, this is okay because I, it's just dating. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it's just dating. Like, it's not going to it's not going to work, but he's fun doing this with or he's fun, you know, whatever doing this or at least I'm not alone. Like, you know, people are, are always talking about don't be alone. You know, I think I got in that that in my head. And then when I really started talking through and realizing, like I was purposely choosing people that I knew there was no there was no happily ever after. There was no, there there was never going to be any growth in, in this relationship. And I was comfortable with that because growth requires vulnerability. Growth requires being uncomfortable. Growth requires communication. And I was not good at any of those things <laughs> at all. Uh-huh. 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 There we go. Figuring mm-hmm. that out. Well, also too, right, when you talk about this, not just gr- the vulnerability, the discomfort, but mm-hmm. also, it's interesting because you say, you know, you overextend yourself, you want to take care of yourself. But that's also different than like somebody relying on you, right? There is because yeah. you choose to do it and you choose when you do it versus yeah. when you're all in with a person, there are going to be times when you don't, you don't feel like it or you're not available, right? And you have to be because that's what it means to be all in. And so if you pick somebody who like kind of trifling, ain't really present, ain't paying attention, you don't have to deal with that part either. Yeah, because then, because I also felt like, I also learned about myself, like a lot of that has to do with like always overextending yourself is a lot of, it's people pleasing, number one, but it makes you feel good. You know what I'm saying? Like it makes you feel like, oh, I did that for that person. Like you get a, you know, you get a good feeling from it. And I think like I kind of got a a high of being with somebody that I know didn't necessarily needed me need me but but benefited from 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 having me and that's like a boost kind of like a boost in your self-esteem but I didn't really think about like reciprocity or if I needed that person or if I can lean in on that person but it it is very real when you're in a real relationship in those days when you don't feel like it that's when you know you really love somebody (laughs) Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> and sure. And you talk about those days, honey, where I won't let you rest. I won't let you rest. <laughs> but that is, that's where you, I know that I love you, where I'm just like, where I'm like, yes, I gotta go take, you're, you're in the, you're uh, in your D-hole, depression hole. Thank and- you. You have to specify. You can't just say D-hole. You have to say what the D-hole. D is. It is depression. Depression hole. And I'm, you know, 
walking the dog right. and taking care of everything and you making sure you get fed. And-, <laughs> <laughs> and by making sure I get fed, I mean, pick up my Postmates, please. I already <laughs> ordered it. Can you just go get it? It's like that. But wait, Amber, are your relationships public? Like, this is the thing that's kind of like a mind fuck to me is that mm-hmm. you're dealing with some of the stuff. And at some point, I guess people start to be interested, like, in your relation, people who you don't know. Right, or interested yeah. in your relationship separate from your work, right? Like, yeah. you, and then suddenly people just want to know your personal business. Yes. And that yeah. is, yeah, it's so true. Because we always ask, where I was like, it is so weird to think that people know your business. Well, <laughs> I look up stuff like, like I'm, I'm just like I. We need a, a photo of us instead of me having to go through a like all of our files on my computer. Right. I just, You'll I just, just Google. I it. just Google us to find a picture that I have to send to like some press thing, and then I find all this weird shit like AI written like articles about our relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, there was an article that was like, "Is Naomi trans?" And it was like, "Who are these people who are sending these articles?" And it's like, "Who had the question?" And then it's I just think like, it's, it's AI. Like, I think it's AI written stuff. But it's so. It's, but the idea that it, it's again like people have these questions and concerns about you separate from the information you have provided and yeah. they feel they deserve an answer to those questions. Oh yeah. It was going around that I had a child because I always call my dog, my child. And I, was like, <laughs> I don't have an actual human that came from my womb. I have a dog. <laughs> like, like, yeah, but yeah, my relationship, I, I feel like that's one of the biggest lessons I learned. Like there's a difference between, uh hiding and being private um in my relationship i was just happy i was like oh my god like i found somebody that i want to marry that i connect with and we will post each other and then like people just started getting interested we were doing interviews and all this other kind of stuff and i sat back and realized like this is not what i want like i don't want people i don't want a career based on my relationship Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like i just that's not what I want it. He's not an actor or anything like that either. So I just, I, I but I'd already been so, we already, we were so far. <laughs> we were deep in. And so now with my relationship, like I don't hide him. Like we, we, I posted him in my stories before. We're always out together. Like when people ask me about him, I'm like, oh yeah, this is my boyfriend, Ryan. Like it's not, it's not about hiding, but I am a lot more private because, you know, my boyfriend is a business analyst. Like he is the most don't put a camera in my face. <laughs> like he's just that. And like, I also want to respect him. Like he doesn't mind it, but he's also not like looking for it, you know, looking for or seeking that attention. So, yeah, it was very it was very hard because when we broke up, it was like all the magazines are calling. When is their wedding? Because we want to cover their wedding. Like, you know, and and I'm like, oh, like I pushed them off as long as I possibly could before I saying we're not getting married like for months. And then it was the whole thing Ugh. broke on news and like entertainment tonight. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is a lot. So never again. <laughs> never again. Yeah. Yeah. Never again. Never yeah. again. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, there's also two. It's it was because it's interesting because, you know, our mutual friend Chris Colfer. Um mm-hmm. it's not simply what it is, because I'm always also thrown by again how young y'all were, all were when the show popped off, but also how crazy people were about that program. Like mm-hmm. that is a different kind of it had a touch of Beatlemania to it. 
mm-hmm. in a way where you're like, and then, and then again, I know Chris was the youngest, but still it's like you were all probably what, between 18 and 24-ish? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody, yeah. like, it's like, and again, knowing who I was at 24, I'm like, we are idiots, we babies <laughs> at 24, how's anybody, you know, doing anything? Exactly. Um, so to be so early thrust in the public eye where people are like, showing up places, following you, going crazy, crying over you, you know what I mean? What the process of learning to protect yourself just as a person, let alone your relationships, but what it takes to sort of say, okay, I'm going to move through the world. I want to have my life. I want to have my privacy. I want to have my friends, right? But at the same time, there is now a tax I pay as a result. You know, right? You pay your business taxes. You pay your social taxes now Mm -hmm. that you're on something like that. I'm out of curiosity. Like, what was your process of figuring out? Okay, like this is how I'm going to manage this. This is how I'm going to do this without going crazy. Oh man, it's been a process. It's going to forever be a process because uh, uh, technology is always going to be evolving, right? Um, and it just seems like the public is becoming more, and more and more invasive. But also, there's now a like almost like an entitlement to your private life or your privacy um thank you reality shows <laughs> uh there was you know that whole beyonce mystique does not exist anymore even beyonce got to be a little bit more open with her personal life and we didn't know shit about beyonce okay yep that girl didn't talk about her privacy she barely talks about it with oprah and oprah gets everything out of everyone like You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was learning boundaries and dealing with the whole people pleasing thing and starting to be okay with the fact that people are going to be upset with you or that people are not going to like you, you know? Um, So like I had to, I set certain boundaries with people. I'm never rude. I'm never, you know, you know, disgusting to anyone or anything like that. But like, you know, we go out you ask me for a picture, I'm going to take the picture. Well, I'm not going to do a sit and talk to you for 20 minutes. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Right. Right. So when I say, oh, yeah, it was very nice meeting you, and I start to walk away, and you pull me back, I'm going to be like, I'm so sorry. I have to go. I'm here with my friends, and I'm here to enjoy my night. If you get mad, there's nothing I can do about that because I I am not a a, a cardboard cutout. I am not a talk with a talking piece. I'm a person, you know, and people people forget that. And I do give grace because I get it. You've been watching me on TV and I've been in your in your living room. You're maybe you're binge watching it on Netflix. So you feel like you know me. And I appreciate that because I do try to be a person that is very open. Um and uh I want people to be able to um connect with me, you know. So I I understand it. But when a, when my when I know what my boundaries are and when I feel like they're being pushed and someone's overstepping, I will politely set that boundary and move on, move along. So that's kind of how I think I keep my my sanity. Yeah. Huh. No, this is very huh. good to yeah. know. I, I am because I'm always like I could not yeah. handle it, especially because I do think of myself as such a, um, I guess, temperamental, but also just I think also as a stand up. I'm used to deciding when I am going to talk. Do you know what I mean? And so the idea of being in a space where it's like, oh, I'm just out here just trying to have some lunch. 
and now I gotta do. So- I feel like I was like, I don't know if I'd be good. I feel like I'm, I'm like I'm very. When people approach you, you've been very good. I know, but I think it's a few and far between. Again, I'm talking about like you know, when we talk about this level of like that kind of attention, yeah. where it's almost like a, it's like okay, to go out is to have this right. Like I yeah. just don't know. I just really could see myself becoming quite a little hermit. Just a lot of floppy hats. A lot of huge I did that. Not a lot of floppy hats. <laughs> no, I at one point did uh, let it. I dealt with agoraphobia for a minute. I refused to leave my house because I had a panic attack in public. Mm. And this is when my anxiety had gotten very, very bad. And as even though I'm an actor, dealt with social anxiety pretty bad and still do um, a little bit. But I know how to prepare myself before I go out the house. Like I mentally prepare before I go in public. Like if somebody asks me that, this will be my answer. Like I've literally had to learn how to do that because these are things that were happening on a regular basis. And Amber, it's okay if you walk away from a, a conversation or if you tell somebody that you're uncomfortable, it is not rude for you to say, I'm not comfortable answering that. Like, I really had to prepare myself because you have to understand, like, Glee, Glee was created not for the popular kids. We had a very specific, a very specific fan base who finally felt seen and finally felt heard. So the reaction was one that was very, very, very personal. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was very like, oh, oh, okay. That's why it felt a little bit more, you know, in your personal space because you see me, you know, and you're like, I, I was you in high school. Like somebody saying, I was you. I was literally you in high school. I get these stories all the time. If I didn't see you, on television, I wouldn't have pursued this. I wouldn't have made it. Like some of these stories were life and death stories. Not, you know what you know what I'm saying? Like survival stories. So like I get it. Once mm-hmm. I started to understand the gravity of what that show did for people, I was able to kind of deal with it. But I was was definitely like you, like girl, if you don't get on my face, like I was like, <laughs> why are you yelling? Like. <laughs> <laughs> But that, I asked about this stuff, not because I wanted to be prurient or anything like that, but just because I think you have all these different levels. You have your own stuff you're trying to navigate. You have the fact that some of the stuff is public that you're trying to navigate. And you have whatever, you know, your last relationship before your boyfriend now, you had whatever those dynamics were. And that's a lot of levels to have to navigate for yeah. a person because – it, it just, I, I mean, I, you know, I, whatever you're comfortable with talking about, I don't want to push you, but like, you know, it just seems like that makes it very difficult to have a relationship. Yeah, it did. It, it did. And like a couple of times, you know, when I was dating um, someone, it was too much. It was just too much. Like people are DMing them, threatening them. Like, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a lot, yeah. and I always tell my boyfriend like my boyfriend for the first time he did Grammy Week with me last week. Oh, did he? Yes, and I had to show up at parties, and I had to sing at some of these events, and we were in rooms and meeting Babyface, and like he's just like you know he's so supportive though, and but I had to be like this is going to be a lot this week. Are you sure? 
that you're okay. I'm not, I'm, we're going to be at places and I'm going to be walking around rooms and be talking to people and I'm not going to be paying attention to you. Are you okay? Like, you know, but he was great. This is always the test. He was great. He even got behind the scenes footage for me, for me to post on Instagram. You know, he was, he was really good. Like one point, me and him were talking and he, my publicist came and pulled me and he was like, okay, Ryan, she has to work. I know we're all dressed up. This is a party, but she has to go and work. And I have to introduce, I mean, head of Spotify and, you know, all these managers and all this kind of stuff. And he just stood, just stood in the back. So it can be a lot. Yeah. yeah. It can be a lot. Look, he has Candy Crush on his phone. He'll be fine. <laughs> No, he's Mr. Friendly. He talks to literally everyone. Him and my best friend, my my best friend is a guy. Him and my best friend are the, they're golden retrievers. Like they <laughs> are so freaking friendly and it's an extroverts and it is wild. That is so good though. Yeah. I love to hey, hear uh, the Ice Spice. Uh, how you doing? Who's Ice Spice? <laughs> you know I don't know what young do I know music. Ice Spice I know you, you don't. You like always know more of what's going on. Because it's like I don't pay attention on purpose. I think. Ice Spice is a rapper. I know. Like, I know. hair like <laughs> Annie. <laughs> but I, I was, I'm so happy to hear that he was able to handle it when you said like it is a test. Because that it is very true. And it's so funny because I know for me, my ideal relationship and my it was always somebody where I was like, I want somebody who we can go to a party. We go in separate directions and then we reconnect at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. And so, and sometimes when Andy and I will be like, oh, do we want to go to this thing or go to that? I really was like, is it going to be a party where we sit together in a corner? In which case, no, we could sit right on the couch. Right. I don't need to like go out and sit in a corner with you. We have eight different streaming channels that it, we can. Exactly. I don't need to go if we're just going to be in the corner. <laughs> unless unless it's sometimes I think in LA, we'll be like, oh, let's go to this thing where then we are in a corner where we go. How did we get invited here? Let's just eat all the apps. Like, that's different. But the idea, like, are we going to go to a party where, like, we know enough people and we feel comfortable enough to split off and mix and mingle? That, to me, is the good time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. That's what love is all about. Okay, I think we're in a good place now that we have this background on Amber because now I think we can help people. Yeah. Amber, are you ready? You ready to to, uh, heal? All right, we're gonna oh take, my a, God. <laughs> we're gonna oh take my a quick God. break. We'll be back after this. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray. And it is so friggin' soft and comfortable. And it's giving casual, but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got and the new t-shirt shop. with Amber Riley here to help you handle your scandal, okay? Because Amber's done the work. So that means when she tell you to do the work, you got to do it too. Okay, that's just the setup. That's the setup. <laughs> okay, so Amber, we get these DMs. We get these voicemails. We get Gmails. People coming. All sides, all sides, okay? And we can be as honest as we want to be. We've told them we are unlicensed. So if they come to us, they go get what they get. <laughs> <laughs> we are unlicensed. <laughs> All right, we, uh, we like like Naomi said, we get Gmail, Twitter, DMs, Instagram, Gmail. But oh, Naomi, what is the phone number? Three two three five two four seven eight three nine. There's a three minute limit, so you got to learn when to wrap it up because yeah. y'all be going long and then you get cut off and then we miss the question. Well, this one, this first one doesn't get cut off. Thank so. God they know. Here we go. Hi, Andy and Naomi, and esteemed guest or guests. Um, I have a question. It's about friendship and um, about, like, not liking your friend's significant others. I know that's, like, not a unique situation, but maybe I'm just not good at not liking people because I just, like, if I don't like someone, I never want to see them. But unfortunately, (laughs) if they're attached to your friend who you really like, you do have to see them sometimes. Um, But anyway, oh, and please use they, them pronouns for me. And, um... Okay, so the question is, my friend has this boyfriend, and she has had this boyfriend before I knew her. So I guess he has more of a claim to her or whatever. Not that I want to claim her. Anyway, so I just don't like him. He is really annoying and not the best guy, in my opinion. And she could do a lot better Mm. in terms of a partner. But they've broken up and gotten back together a couple times in, like, the two and a half years I've known her. Um, And this most recent time they got back together, I had, when they broke up, basically kind of told her I didn't like him and that, like, oh, like, I'm, you know, I know it's hard, but I'm kind of happy for you that, you know, you can be single now. And I kind of told her basically I didn't like him. But then they got ended up getting back together, and now I'm kind of, like, having to see him around and, like, be polite and friendly and civil to him which is fine but last weekend there was a party and I invited her and then she brought him without like telling me she was bringing him which 
it's just kind of annoying because like I signed up to hang out with her who I like, not this guy. <laughs> and, um, he's just kind of a weird dude. And like, I could tell other people that were at this get together were kind of put off by him. And honestly, I felt a little embarrassed to like be associated with him because like technically I'm the reason he came. Um, and he was, I'm responsible for him ruining the vibes maybe. Um, but anyway, is there like a kind and gentle way I can tell my friend that I don't like her partner or is it just something that like I have to suck up and just be like, well, if I want to be friends with her, sometimes I'm going to have to spend some time with him. And, um, yeah, I guess the question is, how do you tell a friend you don't like their partner or if should you ever tell a friend you don't like their partner? Like he's not abusive or anything. I just don't like the guy. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. The, okay, this person Ooh. is hysterical. They hate this person so much. They, they hate this They hate you. I mean, literally, like, Naomi, what is your cardinal rule? You have a cardinal rule when it comes to uh, if someone breaks up, you do not tell that person that their significant, their ex significant other ain't shit because they could get back together. Yes. And in fact, in this case, they did. They did many times. In fact, there was a historical precedent right. that they broke up and got back together many times. Exactly. You got to wait. What, what's the like, can, what, when is it safe to say that uh, someone's ex is a piece of shit or a weirdo or something or you don't like them? A year? Amber, what's your answer? What do you think? <laughs> okay. So I've dealt with this a couple of times. I am the girl that most of my friends come to to talk about like relationships and problems. Like I really do sit and listen and help people work it out. Currently dealing with the situation with the friend now. I do not give my opinion until you bring me the problem. When you bring the problem to me and we discuss and we talk about it, this is my rule. You got two times to talk to me about the same issue with the same person. (laughs) The first time, I'm going to listen. The second time, I'm going to ask you if you want me to respond, and then I will respond. The third time, I'm going to call you stupid. And the fourth time, I'm not going to respond anymore. I'm going to ignore you and act like you're not talking to me about this person because you clearly want to be there. Because in my mind, you want to unload on me so that you can go back to them so they can continue to unload on you their bullshit so i would rather you just keep letting them load on you until you get tired and you leave i'm not gonna give you any relief so you can keep going back and dealing with the bullshit and i have lost friends over stuff like this i have lost friends over things like this because i it's just that's just my personality i don't know i'm not saying it's right (laughs) i'm not saying it's right but if you have a spouse that is treating you badly and you think me as your friend, I'm going to sit here and pretend that I don't see it and that it's not happening. I am just not wired that way. Now, if you just don't like somebody's spouse because it's of a personality thing, you're probably going to have to get over it if you want to be friends with that person. Like if it's just a personality thing and, the, and you're just saying the person's really weird and you don't really like being around them, if they're making your friend happy, then that should be enough. As long as there's no abuse going on and they're not being treated badly, you know what I'm saying? And I sit crying and depressed and all that kind of stuff over them. Then you, you be an adult and, and just, and just deal with it. 
that's my my absolutely uh, no, I say I say break them up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I say do some shenanigans, break them up, and then you don't have do to worry some about shenanigans. It. No, of course not. No, would, this is. I mean, this is, I would it, be a psychopath if. I said no, that. but this is. I mean, no, this is very like. I mean. You know, as you were caller, as you were uh, leaving his voicemail, we were listening, we were laughing because it is so clear. Because, okay, let's also say this. You said, you already said, you were like, they broke up a couple times. During one of the breakups, I said I didn't like him. You've already done it, quite actually, and don't need to do it again. Yep. It's already happened once. So you already said it when you thought it was the end. But now it ain't the end, and here's the thing. Yes, and this is, okay, look, and trust me, I'm with you because I really don't like when people bring their boo to... If I invite you someplace and you just bring your boo without asking, even now, again, Andy and I have been together a whole ass baker's dozen of time, okay? And I still will say, can I bring can Andy? I, bring, yep. I will. Even though most people, especially in LA, think of us as a package deal anyway in LA. But it's like, I will still do that. So trust me, I get that concept, but... And I'm I, also not offended if the answer is no. Well, right. But I'm saying, but like a lot of people, but a lot of people are like, we're, you know, if there's a party, if it's like, I want to bring my person, right? Because some people feel like either I don't want to go to a party where I don't know a lot of people or I just want to have whatever. It's like, okay. I'm in the middle of six books. I'm in the <laughs> middle of six books that are sitting there unfinished. I know. So you can stay your ass right at home and let me live a, live a life. <laughs> And pretend to read, but really play Candy Crush. Exactly. Play a video game and just do whatever. But the fact is like, but that's the, di- but like, I guess some people, a lot of people are like that, right? Like, it's not yeah. crazy. But outside of a party setting, when it's like, hey, girl, you want to get coffee? You want to get dinner? That should be a one-on-one. And you can say like, hey, girl, hang or something like that. If that's how yeah. you, if you see, I mean, maybe you don't say girl, hey, consider your pronouns with they, them. So you can just be like friend, hang, you know, something that yeah. just, if you need to specify basically saying just us, but yeah, when it's a group, it's like, okay, well, the boyfriend yeah. won't be there. And, you know, yeah. and then it's just like, you know, and, and I and I know that feeling, too. Again, you have, when you have a party where you're like, he, some people were off put by him. But here's something that my they mother said. He ruined the vibe. Well, yeah. was it a full ruin? I didn't know if they were saying that they thought. They were worried that people thought that it was like, why do they know this guy who's ruining the vibe? No, I think that they said they I think that a they were ruin. like, I think that they <laughs> I think other people at the party was like. Yeah, uh-huh. 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 he said this essentially this dude was social poison. Uh huh, yeah. uh huh, uh huh. Well, now we know that, okay? And now maybe this good friend of yours doesn't get the party invites. <laughs> if 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 the boy if the boyfriend's gonna come, and this is again, this is one of the things where it's like you don't tell somebody you don't like their partner. Again, mm-hmm. and as Amber said too, it's like if this person is not abusive, and it's just like your personalities don't mesh, or this person just annoying or a blowhard, you just gotta let it go. Mm-hmm. But. Yes. That will... The dude is the human equivalent of the porn stash. Oh, okay, a porn stash, but a walking porn stash. Yeah, yeah. something you see and go, I got to go the other direction. Yeah. Yes. But I think that, but your friendship is going to change. Yeah. You ain't going to hang out as much. It don't have to be bad blood. It don't have to be dramatic. But it's like, I love her to death. I see you. I see you when the man is on vacation. I see it's you when the really man is bad. traveling for work. It, it'll be We've that. We've done that. Nail on the head. No, on the head. I literally just went through this with a friend, and I'm like, we we literally just started talking again because I was like, I won't be around him, and he he's does not treat you well, so I will not I will not be around, and you're gonna be isolated from all of your friends because none of us like him, and well, we all know what's going on exactly. And finally, the light bulb came on. 
well, this is what happens, right? Because I think in some ways, and the same thing you said, which I do, I because I'm the same way about where it's like, you, can't, you can only come to me so many times with this issue. But I think what you said that I had never really thought about before is it's true. It's like, if you come to me as the pressure valve, so you can go back, be in that unpleasant situation, I'm actually not serving you. I'm not yep. helping you because I'm just helping fortify you against some bullshit. I don't want to be that person, right? In a situation like this where, and again, it's, again, they've broken up a couple times. So, you know, it's probably not a good fit. Probably not great. <laughs> people can't keep breaking up. Um, and, and your friend will probably learn that at some point. But mm-hmm. I also have a friend where it's like, again, her, her boyfriend was not hurting her. It was, I didn't like him. So I didn't like to hang out. And I'm telling you, they have since broken up and we chatting. Okay, and that's just the situation. It was yep. never, I never said anything. It was never complicated. Like maybe you know, maybe she'll think in her head, like, "Huh, I wonder why suddenly we're talking again." But I never <laughs> did that, right? Because it's like that's who you want to be with. It's more like eh, I just like don't really feel like. And so I think you know that the short version is like you don't say anything unless mm-hmm. your part, unless your friend is saying, "I'm hurting. I'm, you know." I, you know, I feel bad. I don't like how I am around this person. You got to ride it out and you got to hang out one-on-one as much as possible and leave it at that and leave it at that. That's it. You could, I'll put this out there. There have been parties where there's people, uh, who in our orbit, whose husband I don't like. Oh yeah. (laughs) Andy does get stuck with white husbands a lot. When we go places, they'll be like, Andy, why don't you go talk to the other nerdy white boy over there? It's not fair. (laughs) Naomi's not with me because I'm a drip. And I get stuck with all these drips. <laughs> so <laughs> I am polite, but not effusive. And I think that I think people clue into that. Yes. And they're, they're like, oh, I won't bother this person anymore. Same. Same. <laughs> I'm very much so that, you know, when you're talking to me that I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> and I'm not and I'm not like rude. Like, I'll be very polite. But I am not going to I'm not going to be like so involved in the conversation to where you keep it going. Like I'm very much so like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Right. One word answer. <laughs> You're like, I don't. And also, like, you don't ask questions back. You're like, I don't want to know about you. I don't want to go deeper. No, no question. Just answer. Yeah. So if this weirdo shows up to your party. That's true. You can just, again, polite, polite disdain. If that's mm. possible, that's it's a fine line to walk, and it's not that fun. No, I'll say it's this. not. It's not fun. Outright disdain is pretty fun. It can be. <laughs> uh, whatever's also like he shows up at the party. You're like, oh my god, could you go get ice for us? And then you send him to get ice two towns over, and mm. then you know when he come back, the door is locked and the music is too loud and nobody can let him back in. That's complicated. There are ways around this. It's an option. Um, Amber, do you have time for one more question? Yes. Okay. What's that? Uh, I'm going to give y'all this choice. Do you want to go more serious or more uh, romantic? More sex oriented. Oh, a sex oriented. Oh, my goodness. I want to hear a sex story. <laughs> All right. All right. This, this, I didn't even, I haven't even listened to this one. Our delightful Booker Mimi. So let's let's uh okay let's, let's roll the dice. Hi, Andy and Naomi. Um, you can call me Kay. Pronouns she hers. Okay. And I hope you are well. And the animals and uh, the guests don't want to forget them. Um. Anyway, I'm both mortified 
and thankful that I've only recently discovered this podcast. I can't stop listening to you guys. And Naomi, you can tell Rob and Charlie or whomever that I only binge Mythic Quest because I learned your character had a, an increasingly recurring role. So <laughs> my issue, the reason I'm calling uh, the context is that my partner and I have been together for about eight years. We have a seven-year-old child. Everything about our life has felt fairly whirlwind in terms of building family, figuring out careers, moving cross-country, COVID. And, yeah, we just haven't had time to figure out our sex lives and connect in that way to each other um, during our time together. So, anyway, he definitely wants more of it than I do. I'm, you know, working through some of past sexual trauma myself, which I think has contributed to our sex issues. Anyway, we're, we are working through it together. And we just want to make each other happy. He does have a very hard time talking about his feelings, including his feelings about sex and admitting his own needs and desires. Um, but we're working on that. And what else? Oh, he is a wildland firefighter and has gone for periods of time during the fire season. And recently we were, you know, trying to connect and talk and open up about our sex lives, and I learned that he would appreciate some risque or sexy photos from me while he's out on a roll. Huh. So my problem is, I'm so glad he shared this with me, and I want to do something like that for him when he is away, but I'm having trouble bringing myself to do it. And fire season is around the corner, and I want to build up the courage or whatever to send him, like, a sexy photo or something um, and begin that kind of flirty part of our relationship. You know, texting, we're not good at it. <laughs> it's usually just logistical when we text each other. Um, I don't know how to open up that avenue, but I want to. So anyway. I don't know. I don't know why I can't do it. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts. Thank you both. I love you guys. Uh, just, I don't know. Keep doing what you're doing. You're awesome. Thank you. Bye. Okay. How to be sexy, flirty, Ooh. fun yes. with your partner of eight years where you feel like, oh, we already can't. It's like, do, is, do we have to do this? And it's also, it's also a self-consciousness thing. You know what I mean? That's what it is. My advice would be start it with yourself. Because then you take the subconsciousness out of, part out of it. Do the little thing. Do a little practice run. Like, you don't have to send him the pictures when you take the pictures. Just mm. do it the first time. Like, make it about you. Get you some wine and some candles, whatever the case may be. And you have sexy time alone. Do it without a camera. Get used to it alone. And then take the picture or take the video and then be like, okay, do it again. Like, I feel like warm up to it. It doesn't all have to be like all at once. Send a little, send a little freaky text once. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know, talk your logistics. Okay. I'm picking up Bobby at two o'clock today and I don't have any panties on. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I just feel like, you know, it could just be little bread 
breadcrumbs. It doesn't have to all be like at one time and nobody's asking you to be a porn star. I think the thought behind it and actually doing it is more probably more exciting to him than it being a professionally done picture. Yeah, right. right. It doesn't have to be full butthole from picture one. (laughs) Yeah, full butthole. We're not asking you to bust it open. We just maybe a little nip. Like, you know, a little been the you in the bathroom at Sizzler. You like, you know, a little and then just send it to him like ah, like it could be funny. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's it's I think it's just effort, like spicing it up and doing something different effort. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think it's also too um in these moments you know, knowing to like what makes you feel nice, what makes you feel sexy. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's like knowing what your things are as opposed to get, trying to be like, okay, should I go buy an outfit? And then, should, you know, it's like, I know you got some cute bras and panties. We all got them. Find mm-hmm. the one thing you like. You know, what makes you, you know, like, what kind of gets you going? What's the music? What are you watching? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, there's certain things or whatever. Getting yourself in that headspace, you know, after the seven year old goes to bed. And you got a little time to yourself, kind of, because 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 what you're saying too, when you say like you know it's been a whirlwind, it's been a go go go, and especially with a kid, yeah, you don't get that time to stop and reflect and go, oh wait, what do I feel like right now, right? Because there's so little quiet time, there's so little personal time, and so it's about like, as you said, Amber's like, yeah, it's not it's not like you just take a picture and then you got a sense like, okay, look, okay, look, do you know how many pictures I take of my animals before I post them? Now imagine what you got to do to get a good a good cleave shot or something, right? Like cleave, cleave. I don't know, drink. But you take like fifty, and then like we're scrolling, we're picking favorites. Okay, we're adjusting. Like you got to find like what is the thing, and feeling like you get to have fun with it because it is a different version. This is the little sexy version of yourself. You know what I'm saying? And I think, and I think too, I he out here fighting these fires. Give him a little picture. To get him through the Smoky Mountains, wherever men it is. Are, men are men. Are men? I feel like men are simple, naked. <laughs> but that's just it. He's not looking at your face. I guarantee it. <laughs> naked. This world, I I miss this entire world because we got together before this became. I remember I was talking to a friend at a party a couple months ago, and he had gotten together with his now wife in 2016 and so there was a whole universe where he was like yeah you send you send each other pictures and stuff and yeah like, yeah, what? yeah yeah i know you i know could, could never could never but i think but i think i know for me I, what it is, is like it's a self-consciousness thing because i yeah. feel that way even about actual sex it's like because i realize what it is because i'm like sex is so dumb what are we doing i have to <laughs> get out of my head because when yeah. i think about what's happening i'm like this is so weird that we're now like behaving differently and then when it's over, I'm going to go make dinner. It's like, what are we doing? I know. You, yeah. you never stop commenting. <laughs> you always, oh you my constantly God. say that. If you can't laugh during sex, I don't know. If you've never laughed, you do not have a good partner. I'm sorry. There has to be a moment where it's just like, what the fuck? Exactly. I think that's a very good measure of like, you know, if it has to be very serious, if it has to be. By the way, when you said you started saying you said um, uh, get a glass of wine and then you said and candles as you were saying that, I thought you were going to say candy. And I'm like, that's a great idea. I thought <laughs> like, candy. just imagine like I'm like, oh, have some Skittles and then get in the mood. 
<laughs> I thought you meant like being sexy with a gummy bear. No, you I don't even mean that. I just, I just mean like, mm, Skittles. <laughs> They're delicious. What? Mmm, Skittles. Mmm, Skittles. Okay. Yep. That's what we're doing over here, Amber. Mmm, Skittles. So, we, we, yeah, that's our- I will say, though, Amber is two for two. You see, Amber has not minced these words. She said, here's what you got to do. And it's true. It's like, get comfortable with you. This is a process. Have mm-hmm. fun with it. And so yeah. the whole thing, because remember, because here's the thing that's fun about a sexy picture with a, with a spouse. Well, they already like you. So now you're halfway there. You, they really just want to see what they already saw. So yeah. that's very exciting, right? Like, it's, it's a reminder. Like, yeah. Not a surprise. Exactly. It's not about like <laughs> pretending. It's not about like, oh, what it, he already know. Yeah. He just, just want to see a little something and remembering, you know, and again, because it's so true when you get in that parental, you know, you're, it's like y'all are so used to just being like, what are we doing for the kid? What are we doing tonight? What do you want to eat? Do you, know, whoa, 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 you know that. And it's like, okay, pivot. Did you remember I'm also very sexual? You know, and you should say it like that in that voice because, you know, no one, like, nothing more than a news very anchor. Very sexual. Very sexual. Like you know? Like <laughs> so it's very helpful. Coming next on Channel 6, pubes. <laughs> very sexual. Amber. 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 Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. What a delight. You are Thank a Thank you. Thank you. I had so much fun. You are the best. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We will see you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.